Yeah, we should just do this to get us in the mood. All right, here we go. You're introducing, by the way. But you'll need to stop it so it doesn't no. bleed into the actual <laughs> thing. <laughs> so just stop after the lyrics and then I'll pretend. No, I'm going to let it play. Keep waiting for <laughs> Right, go. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hey, stop that. You, right, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm going to resign. Sorry, sorry. Um, okay. We'll go again. We'll go again. We'll go again. Connection podcast and Chris Moffat have come to terms with the release of Chris Moffat uh, immediate effect, uh, effective immediately. Ninety day no podcast clause. He'll uh, then he'll show up on someone else's podcast. No doubt. Here we go again. Um, here we go again. Here we go again. Go. Hello, ladies and jelly spoons, and good morning, afternoon, good evening, or good night, or good whenever. One time when I was on the phone to my boss at my old school, I got so anxious when I answered the phone, I forgot whether it was morning and afternoon, and I just went, good noon. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Wrestling Wait. Connection podcast. I'm doing the intro, Chris, so you can ask your questions afterwards. Right, um, this is the Wrestling Connection podcast, episode 61. I am Glenn. I am a teacher. I am joined by my very close personal friend and somebody who just interrupted me, Chris, who is an yeah. actor. And together we sit down every single week, sometimes together, sometimes remotely, and we discuss the many, many ways that wrestling can connect us all in an era of increasing division and midges, because it's that time of year again. Very in true. Bonnie, bonnie old Scotland. So I would like to take this opportunity to say, go away nasty midges. Right. Um, but you know they're they're important for our ecosystem. Not that any of this is relevant <laughs> to um, pro wrestling, but you know, um, twenty nineteen Daniel Bryan would be proud. Very true. So, ladies and jelly spoons, like I say, my name is Chris. No, I'm Glenn. <laughs> I'm joined by I'm joined by Chris, and this is already a shambles. Uh, and thank you for tuning in. If you're new to us, like I say, we talk about wrestling and our love of wrestling, our wrestling journeys, and our wrestling stories. And my good close personal friend Chris is on the line. I am in the Glendon. He is in Chris Moffat Theme Forty Two TV Studios. Nice. Chris, how the devil are you today? Good noon, Glenn. I am very well. <laughs> uh, it is it is going to be a good one today. I must say, well, I say I'm very well. My my hay fever has gotten the better of me this week. I don't know if you suffer Whoa. from hay fever or whatever. Oh yeah, yes. Um, but usually, like it's very manageable. You know, I'll just take a wee piritin or whatever. You know, and I'll be fine. To mm. some hankies to blow my nose every so often. It's fine. I'm pretty sure this week, Pokemon called Piriton this morning. <laughs> this week has been has been especially bad. My sinuses have been all blocked up. I've been walking away. I've been speaking like this for a bit. Um, mm. So hopefully I sound okay. And uh, yes, explain to me the good noon thing. Were you just nervous or did you just, did you just like, yeah, did, you not, so... did you not just want to say hello? <laughs> Do you mind a couple of weeks ago on the Wrestling Connection podcast episode 59, I told the story of accidentally telling the head teacher in old school that I loved him. That's right. Yes. Well, no, I love yeah. that story. And um, I actually saw him this week. But anyway. Um, Did you say good to him? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't say much to him at all. Um, I Yes, I just got a wee bit flustered. I was probably, you know, I was new to teaching at the time. New to teaching. Getting getting the old um, rubber bands off and kind of swimming into the deep end of teaching and mm. running free, swimming free. Not waving, but drowning. So, um. Yeah, I just the phone rang. There was his name, uh, <laughs> and on on the phone says who's calling, and uh, I believe they call it caller ID. Uh, and yeah, that's what the kids I, call it anyway. 
I got really, really panicky. Went, good noon. <laughs> You know, the same thing that happens to me when I meet wrestlers is this nerviness, you know. Good noon, my name is Glenn and welcome to my classroom. You sound like, definitely sound like a Harry Potter professor and that's absolutely fine. I sound like the love child of P- Professor McGonagall and Borat when you do that. <laughs> Borat? Yeah. Uh, this is my wife. Ah, um, yes. Yes. I oh, you wouldn't man. be able to pass up the opportunity to do a Borat no, um, impersonation. Talk about politically incorrect these days. God. Oh, 2006. I know. Oh, dear. Back in the day. Back in the day. All right. Well, um, do you remember the Taz podcast that I was always, always talking about in like 2015? <laughs> like, yeah. Obviously, we're, we're very fond of our boy Taz, and I'm so mm-hmm. happy that he's now in such a prominent role. It's so ha- It makes me so happy seeing him every week. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just takes me back. Um, whether no it be one on does angry little man better. No, I, I know, you. and it's just I, I mean, Taz. I love him. Whether it be commentary on Dark or whatever, I don't watch Dark very often. But when I see him doing like promos and wee cameo spots on Dynamite, it always makes me happy. But on his podcast, he used to say "good moment" because he didn't mm-hmm. know people who from like a lot of countries and stuff. They might be listening to it in the morning or at night time on the afternoon. We don't know, but he would always say "good moment," and then if mm-hmm. they would, it would have like call-ins, and they have people calling the show and stuff. And if someone answered the phone by saying "good morning." good afternoon or whatever, he would immediately hang up on them because it was unfair to the podcast listeners. <laughs> and so uh, you had to phone up and you have to go, good moment, Taz, to get through to the call. So that's, wow. uh, that's always what I thought about when you said good moment. Good moment, Glenn. Good moment to you, Chris. Good moment to you. Good moment, good moment. We've gabbed the whole moment through. Good moment, good moment to you. Yes, there you go. Anyway, episode 61. Uh, again, could not think of anything significant for 61 other than 619. Uh, which... <laughs> We're starting to really <laughs> scrape the bucket with this, aren't we? <laughs> which is a flashback to two weeks ago as Glenn talked about meeting Rey Mysterio. How was the feedback on the episode to the Rey Mysterio story? I personally loved it. Yeah, I loved it, but, 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 I've been doing a bit of teaching this week. Because I'm a teacher. A, a, a bit of teaching. <laughs> so my third year class, they are doing their spoken language for their National 5 English. It's a big deal and they're doing podcasts. Well, I you saw know, this on, on your social media. You are teaching podcasts. Yeah, and they're, so we're, we're going to record them. They have to pitch them. And I basically, am only all I'm assessing really is their listening and talking skills on the recording and it takes away the anxiety because you you don't have to do a solo talk you're not you're not doing a group chat of teacher right next to you or sitting next to you so i like doing it this way um that sounds great bit... i would have i would have absolutely loved that when i was in school i know it's, it's really good fun and and the kids have a laugh with it and and they're allowed to so like and that's that's the beauty of it um but i, I showed the wrestling connection because i was talking to them about logos and is that the first logo... time and like showing it properly like that in class I think so, yeah. I mean, I've spoken about it. Not to that class, I don't think. But yeah, so then they all went into groups. Don't worry, folks. We were using all the track and trace safety measures. I've got right. a record of who sat where. For goodness sake. Um, and uh, and uh, after after me showing off the podcast, they were all in their groups and they were tasked with creating a proposal to pitch their podcast. And at, um, at one point, one group of boys, rather than you know, figure out their own podcast. All on their phones had the discordant and horrific noise of our theme song playing at loads oh. of different points of the song. So I just heard lots of "Come on, everybody! Come on, everybody! Come on, everybody!" It's <laughs> oh, time to no. listen in. Like I was like, boys, boys, it's been done. You can't plagiarize my podcast. Get your <laughs> you're like, boys. I know it's great, 
but please listen to it in your own time. And I, I said to them, "You all owe me a subscription and a five star review for this." So <laughs> they better have done, by the way. Yeah, we need to check. Actually, I don't know how many of them are on Spotify and how many of them are on Apple, but. It doesn't matter, Chris, because we're available on all major podcasting providers. We are. Even even Anchor and, and uh, what's the other one? Podbean. If anyone uses Podbean, we're on there. Mm, there you go. We're there for the, the more vegetarian people. We've got the bean one. Yes. All right. Well, it doesn't look like we've got any new five-star ratings. So, Right. Uh, someone's getting a bunny. Yeah. We have two reviews, though. Uh, mm-hmm. Not new ones, though. Uh, Scott, ones. Scott McGowan had commented a year ago. A couple of great guys with an extensive history of professional wrestling stories. Mm. If you haven't checked out, you definitely should. Can't recommend highly enough. We do have a lot of time for Scott. We love Scott McGowan. We do love Scott. And then my good my good pal uh, Jay commented saying, If you're any kind of wrestling fan, whether that be sporadic or hardcore, this podcast is for you. Both Chris and Glenn are really funny and engaging. It's a great mix of wrestling insight and funny stories. Add this to your podcast rotation. Isn't that lovely? That is lovely. And listen, if anyone in my third year class is listening, write a review, five stars. Remember that most of you are going to be in my class next year. And that's, exactly. you know, four feet. And also, uh, if you don't, I'll give you a punny. For legal reasons, I am not using my public podcast to extort my pupils for my own personal gain. It was a joke. My pupils yes. are amazing and they're very clever and I love teaching them. I'll give you a punny. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't given. I've never given a pun in my life. Do you know that? I've only, I I've only had. I only had one punishment exercise my entire school duration, really? um, and it was because I was in. It was second year maths, and I was mm-hmm. in Mister Duggan's class, mm-hmm. and uh, I always thought Mister Duggan was really nice because he used to be on Gladiators. We didn't used to be. He was a contestant on Gladiators when he was a boy. No, he wasn't. And we used to like always like make comments about it, right? Um, and I know he actually wasn't, but I'm just that was like everyone used to say that to him, and then. Uh, I don't know why I should maybe thought I was more relaxed in the class, but I just, for some reason, like I made eye contact with like my mate who was sitting right in the front row and I was in the back of the class. And I just like started giving him like the, the two fingers, like the two Vickies, like... Is you did? Like, yes. I don't know. I don't know why. Well, why? <laughs> the dark side of you, the dark so side of Chris Moffat, a new documentary <laughs> series coming to Vice. <laughs> so I was just like, ah, like giving it to him. And I looked over mm-hmm. to the teacher and Mr. Duggan was just staring at me. And he was just like... Christopher, wait behind. <laughs> and I was just like, oh God. So then he asked me why on earth I was doing that. I was giving that rude hand gesture to my mate. And I, and for like the half an hour that was left of the period, I just started like trying to come up with a reason, like a justification of why I was doing it. So what I said was, oh, we're, we're both uh, wrestling fans and uh, that's what they do in the wrestling. And uh, I was just giving them like a signal. And Mr. Duggan was like, no, you weren't. <laughs> So that's the only time I was in trouble in school, and from that day forward, I was a well-behaved boy. Brilliant, I love it. Well, you know, you learned your lesson, Chris. I got many punnies as as a child at school. I was, Did I you? was a spe- I, you don't, yeah. You don't strike me as a bad kid. Well, no, I didn't really get my acting gear until about fourth, fourth or fifth year, really. Um, but from first to well, primary school was a bit of a riot, and then first to third year, I was, I was, I wasn't. In primary school, it was quite gallus, you know. I got into fights and things. Joe Coffey and Wolfgang and that. Yes. <laughs> but by secondary school, I was I was nowhere near as gallus in that sense. Like, I was quite quite cowardly. Still am. You know, I, I wouldn't, you know, get into fights with anyone. Right. But I did. I was lazy and chatty and easily distracted. And um, just uh, just put no effort in. And so, I, you know, that would often lead to punnies not doing homework, that kind of thing. Um and in my school you got the yellow one, uh, which so you basically the punnies were it was the same ones all over the school. The yellow one wasn't as bad, and it was 
printed on yellow paper strangely and you had to just copy it out and it was like the school code of conduct oh, okay. i got really good at that really quickly like the uh, pink like, one... like bart simpson right on the chalkboard yeah exactly but the pink one chris the pink one was a nightmare the pink one was like a big like a big a4 thing full of text it would take ages to copy out right now we started having a bit of fun with them Oh. Because I hate to I hate to admit this publicly, but you needed a parental signature on these, and I, I learned pretty quickly how to, to do a good forgery. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, um, it was like imagine like an A4 sheet of paper full of like text, a relatively small font. You had to copy that out. My, my, no, my brother was the one. I'm not like blaming him, but he started it. It was his idea, right? <laughs> You could write anything and they would never check it. So we would write stuff like Mr. Wilson's an absolute you know so and so whatever. And just we just what? we would just we would just fit it in gently. Or we would like um like do like a do like a word search and put a secret message in just to give <laughs> right. ourselves and it made the punnies fun. Oh it was terrible, I don't condone it. That's terrible. I, You're meant to be a teacher. And well I am now. I was four, 13 or fourteen <laughs> at the time. Goodness me. But uh oh my goodness, yeah, we, we did a lot of uh creative things i uh, i tried to forge my parents signature one time in primary school in like p5 um <laughs> and I, tried, I tried to forge it right and i was so like as you say i was very gallus about it and i was like i was i don't know why i was in trouble i think it was like a group of mates or something and we all walked in we all had these wee things to do and i took it into primary school and i was like oh well i didn't actually have to show my mum because i've managed to do the signature or whatever and i gave it to the teacher like pure like chest up really really like confident i believe her name was mrs yeoman yeah, and uh, she looked at the thing and she was like, "Christopher, that's that's I could tell that's your handwriting. I mark all of your work." And I was standing in front of her, and I just burst into tears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris! <laughs> I started crying in front of the whole class. <laughs> she was on to me. Oh, good. Anyway, back in the day, back in the good old days, it's been a while. It's been a while. Anyway, how have you been this week? I know you've been busy. I've been busy too. I'm I'm doubting you've watched much wrestling because I haven't. Um. Mm-hmm. Well, well, have you got have you got a special moment of the week you can share with us, or was it the podcast thing? Uh, I had a weird experience this morning. I mean, I could do that for my moment of the week. Have you got the jingle there handy? Just, uh, yeah, go for it. Okay. <laughs> so, once again, folks, I apologize for what you've just heard. Um, Still my favourite this... jingle uh, Okay, fair enough uh, Now this this might seem Bad at first when I tell this story But it has a fun ending Okay Okay. So I was out with the dog this morning And it was like It was like 6.30 in the morning, right and On a Sunday We're recording, we're recording this, this on a Sunday, everybody And Glenn was out at half past 6 It's the life of a teacher, my friend now, I know, but still I um gosh, I've marked a lot of essays today. My brain is fried. So we were out and um did a nice wee walk, you know, walkie walkie, sniffy, sniffy, pee and poo and all that. <laughs> From the dog, might I stress. Yes. Um yes. and then uh we we turned back onto my street and I was walking past the house sort of across the road from me and I noticed like a woman's shoe on the pavement. Hmm. I thought, Oh, okay. You know that way you see a shoe, you think, Oh, someone's had a good night out. <laughs> right. Um, I thought nothing of it and, and then we walked past the house it was near and then I saw in the front garden another woman's shoe like the the other one in the pair not not a totally separate shoe right. um, and then it got really worrying 
because I saw a hand, broken handbag, oh, a, a phone, all smashed, and like makeup all scrawled about. I thought, oh my god, somebody's been attacked or dragged away or something. I've like so I'm panicking, and it's like six thirty in the morning. There's no one around. I can't find anyone. Uh, so I rang the police, and I was like, oh. listen, I, I don't really know what to do. But there's like shoes and a uh, like a phone and stuff, and uh, I'm really worried that something bad's happened. Can can you send someone? Um, and they went, yep, yep, we'll send someone. So that was my conversation with 101. Always phone 101, folks, where there's not an immediate crime happening. Oh, like 999 is for emergencies. All right. Right. Okay. Um, uh, that's my public message of the day. And uh, so then I uh, I, I was. You know, I went back into the house and sat in the bedroom because we can see the house from there. And nobody was passing by, but I kept an eye out because I was worried if somebody else comes and tries to take the phone or right, you know, yeah, so yeah. I kept my eye out. And I, you know, within about half an hour, the police rocked up and they locked the door. And they, they're looking at stuff. They're taking pictures. They're putting gloves on. I thought, oh my God, Kate, it's like a forensic scene. Something really bad's happened. And um, and they're like chapping the door and then they're going walking around the house, shining torches into windows and things. Uh, and then they're banging louder, bang, 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 like against, and then you can actually hear the banging across the street at this point. Um, and I thought, oh my god, something awful's happened, and I'm getting really panicky, and I'm like stressing out, but I can't not see because I need to know. I had the yeah, closure yeah, yeah. in my mind of what's happened, and then eventually, <laughs> oh god, where is this going to go? <laughs> my window was open ajar, remember? So like, and it was six thirty in the world, seven by this point, so you can hear everything. Okay, eventually the door opens and god love her this woman comes and she's in like a dress so i'm assuming maybe what she was wearing the night before yeah and uh and she just looks mortified and i heard her going like oh my god i'm really sorry i must have come in and been i was so drunk looking for my keys as soon as i got my keys i just threw everything else down and ran in and fell asleep on the couch <laughs> and i thought oh no i've just like i mean i, I still think i did the right thing because you know someone yeah, could course. have stolen her phone could have been uh, really bad yeah it could have been really really bad it could have, i mean it did look like it could have been a crime scene but equally, I also have a bit of guilt because I'm like, this woman's mortified and really embarrassed. And oh. I, we've all been there. We've all done silly, silly things like that when we've had, maybe had one too many. Uh, but that was my excitement. And so now I'm having a very nice, quiet day instead and just marking the odd essay, writing the odd report card. Um, and nothing too exciting has happened since, except me <laughs> accidentally referring to a child whose name is Millie as Milky. So there you uh. go. Very nice. God, I was wondering where that was going to go. I wonder if it was going to end up in like a like a WrestleMania rematch or something, you know? <laughs> these like these like uh, this is like the roots of a storyline. Kind of reminds me of like the Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy story in like two thousand and nine, where like yeah. Matt was like, I burned down your house and I killed your dog. And mm. you're like, What? <laughs> so that's good. That's good you you reported that because it, as you say, it could have been really bad. Mm-hmm. Um you did the right thing. But yes, that poor person. Do you know the person or I guess we've probably walked past each other, um, but yeah, no, I've not, I've not. Uh, I've well, not now, now you'll know, and you'll be like, ah, well, hope you had a good night. I don't want to let on it was me that rang the police. That's the only thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I think I'm already screwed because I think I heard the police say, you know, a dog walker phoned us and told us. Okay, yeah, but there's lots trouble. of dogs in the streets, so hopefully we just leave it at that. Yeah. All right, well, that's the moment of the week. That's like the like a climax because it's this big exciting moment. Like nothing's yeah. ever gonna. I bet your adrenaline was going and stuff, and you were you were ready to pounce on someone. Yeah, what? Say that again. You cut out there. You were ready to pounce on someone. I was said, but I, I shouldn't oh, really have. Yeah, shouldn't really have yeah, said that. that. Was, the language there was a wee bit iffy, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, yeah. what about All you, right. my friend? How's your week been? 
Week's been good, as I said. I just had a, I had some bad uh, hay fever problems this week, and I can still, I think you can probably still hear it in my in my my voice. A wee bit uh, bunged up, you know. Aye, aye. But on that, oh, on that is good. Um, I was back in my old place of study uh, this oh. week in my old drama college. Oh, good. Um, because some people that I knew were, were doing a show and uh, they needed some needed some help, and I'm a I'm a alliant of the college, so I was in helping them and stuff, but. Um, also, also, I should I should stress that where my college is, we're in tier two, and um, mm-hmm. so we were able to to be there and stuff, just with masks and stuff. But it was really nice to be in. But you know, the be like, I don't know if you, obviously you were at your old uh, school that you used to teach at this week, but I don't know about yeah. you. Like when you go there, you feel in your head that it's going to be like this big return, right? You're like, oh, I can't wait to see everything, and I wonder if it's going to look any different and stuff. And then like you go Triple there, H at Madison Square Garden, you know, like Triple H Madison Square Garden. But I'm assuming when Triple H walked out Madison Square Garden, he was like, oh. This is just like being back home, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just walked. I, I did not. It did not feel weird. I did not feel like oh, I've not been here in three years or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like I just, I knew where everything was. I was just walking about yeah. stuff. I was still there, so I, it was kind of like anticlimactic in my head. I was like, "This is going to be this big return," but it was just nice seeing some people that I hadn't seen in a while and stuff. So that was really fun. And then me and a few of the cast members just went for dinner and stuff. So it was like a nice, lovely uh, day. But other than that, there's been nothing really jumping off the page. Um, interesting this week. Just a busy work week. But listen, we have it all. Oh, sorry, we, we all have that, um, especially Glenn, who has been working ever so hard as he is mm. crawling to the finish line, and mm. in the summer holidays, which are in a matter of weeks, we'll have plenty of free time to record a bunch of podcasts, we'll do some am... video content, we'll do some ones in person, it's going to be a fun summer. It's going to be, because I remember in the build-up to last summer, we were like, yeah, we'll definitely do something in person over the summer, because we didn't think COVID would last that long. Yeah, uh, and we couldn't, and so I am. I'm excited for it. It's going to be the summer of podcasts, and, and I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic about vaccines and the battle against variants and things like that. Yeah, I'm. Yep. I'm, I'm feeling good about the summer. Me too. Me too. Now, a couple of weeks ago, it's probably more than a couple of weeks ago now, but um, I think I had a thankful segment. What I'm thankful for in wrestling about the Shotgun Saturday Night uh, Lower Third cards. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? And they yeah, were all like, like yeah. bad bad dad jokes and they were trying to be raunchy but they were also just not funny and things like that it was like the the wrestler's name would come up on the nameplate and underneath it instead of being like 240 pounds or whatever it was just like a random comment about the wrestler and the character mm-hmm. it kind of happens now in AEW with hangman page and it's actually one of my favorite things on the whole show it's actually one of my thankful segments that i've noted down um for a future installment i'm just taking notes of some of the ones that come up um and i just always think that's dead, dead funny but uh I thought that, you know, the ones that I read out that week was like the last of them. But the account that I got them from has uploaded mm-hmm. a fresh batch. So oh, I'm going to read them to you now. Oh, God. So here's some some of the new ones that I found were really interesting. So um, just to refresh your memory, Shotgun Saturday Night was like this kind of, it was supposed to be this kind of like edgy wrestling show that would take place in different locations like train stations and malls and mm-hmm. whatever. And then once it was really, it was really expensive to hire these buildings out, they just decided to do it like before Raw or something. Um, yeah. And it would be, it's kind of like, it was kind of like heat before heat and it was a bit like Velocity and Superstars and main event and stuff. Nothing really happened. It was people who weren't booked on the main show. For example, this first match, it was Farouk versus Kurgan, um, which I'm assuming was a great match. Any memories of Kurgan? Uh, I know he's a movie star now because he's in Sherlock Holmes with Robert Downey Jr. All right, um, well, remember he came back for like a week with Tyson Kidd in like 2011. Everyone what? Was like, Kurgan's back, yeah. Did he? It was, it was the Slammies, I believe. The Slammies in 2011. Tyson Kidd won something and Kurgan was there and then like that was the only time he was there. That is 
Interesting, I did not know that. Yeah. So anyway, Farouk comes out and uh, the weaved slogan says, Farouk you. Because they're, they're trying to be funny and edgy. Yeah, yeah. Kurgan right. comes out and says, size does matter. Um, uh-huh. Then the main event of that show was Vader versus Dan Seven. I'm sure that was a five-star class. <laughs> I love Seven's music, though. Do you yeah. remember Dan Seven's music? Absolutely. Um well, I can't remember it, but clearly not. It was really good. It was really good. Trust me. It'll play at the end of this episode, folks. Don't worry. <laughs> it's a good one. I actually had it on my phone. I actually downloaded it stuff years ago. All right, so Vader comes out and this week's tagline says, his favourite movie is The Mask. Wait, whose favourite movie is The Mask? Vader. <laughs> That's terrible. Why is that even? Who's coming up with these slogans? I don't know. And then uh, Dan Severn comes out and his favourite movie is Beauty and the Beast. Because he's the beast, right? Because he's the beast. Then we had some really like daft ones that are just they're just not tasteful at all. X Pac comes out. He'd rather be in China. Um, uh-huh. Ch- China spent with like China. Hardcore Holly has says Alabama Slammer. Um, then we had a, a local independent wrestler going up against a rockabilly, um, which was Billy Gunn's gimmick before he joined the New Age Outlaws, and uh, the local guy's name was Knuckles Nelson. <laughs> Oh, get him in the Hall of Fame. Not no. from The Simpsons. Not from The Simpsons. And his just says, get cracking. Because it's Knuckles. Brilliant. And Rockabilly apparently goes honky tonking. Whatever that means. Does he really? I wonder if he still does. I should have asked him that when I met him. Yes. And uh, I on guest commentary for that match was indeed the honky tonk man. And uh, his thing says, he thinks Elvis is still alive. Brilliant. I used to uh, get, I used to really buy into that conspiracy, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know if you remember. Really in. So, what was like the theory? Was it like Elvis like, isn't dead? Elvis isn't dead. But it wasn't a very noble death for him to fake, you know. I see. Billy, yes. Billy Conley makes the point that if you're going to fake your death, make it like a plane crash or something, or yeah. not being discovered on a toilet. That was Billy Conley, not Billy Gunn, Rockabilly. Um, do you remember? Sometimes they would do like the minis. They would have like the little people, and they would dress them up like Minnie Kane, Minnie Batista. Oh, and the SmackDown Juniors, I mean them. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, I, like, I really liked them because I was like eight at the time, and I was like, oh, these are the same size as me. Um, <laughs> this one was called Minnie Mankind, and uh, oh my god, his says how big is his Paul Bearer? Uh, then we had marvelous Mark Merrow prefers boxers to briefs. Right. And then we have Bob Holly likes to deck the halls, whatever that means. Yeah, of course he does. Uh, Billy Gunn came out again. Um, it says thinks he's a chick magnet, and he was going up against Freddie Joe Floyd, who apparently misses his mother. Um, <laughs> okay. We had, we had uh, a tag match, clearly the Godwins, not the Baldwins. <laughs> we want to mix them up, surely. And the last one was for Gold Dust, and it says, "What does his daddy think?" Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't think was very tasteful because I, I dig it dusty. Yeah, dusty. Yeah, I'm assuming because I mean, Gold Dust always said around that time that him and Dusty weren't on talking grounds, and Dusty was like disappointed in Gold Dust's character and stuff. Which we think about it, I don't believe that for a second. I'd assume that Gold Dust is a character that Dusty Rhodes would love. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Just I was I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw those and I was like, oh, there's some more to read out. So uh, I just I can't believe it was a thing. I, I I want to know who was in charge to come up with them. Some of them are so Vince McMahon, and some yeah. of them are so Vince Russo. You know, you just never know who was who was uh, writing those things. 
what a weird time to have been a wrestling fan, really, if you think about it. Yeah, like, 97, and it's just so weird, like, that transitional period from new generation and stuff. And sometimes, I can watch them through, like, 2000 just now, as I've mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes watch and I'm thinking, it still does look kind of like 1998, but it's so different still, like, that that, that period, it just so much changes over time, and the, the production really, value, go, it just goes up job. by such a, like, it just goes up so much, you know? Um, yeah. And... I guess like that '97 Raw as War set was kind of edgy at the time, but you look at it now and it's not particularly interesting. It's really simple and boring. <laughs> but like yeah. at the time, it was like, oh my god, there's a big Titantron. But I don't know, man. What I, I would love to kind of go back in the way way back machine and get that DeLorean sorted and see what it was like to be in the yeah. crowd at Raw in like December '97 or something. It would be a really cool yeah. feeling. Absolutely, absolutely, man. That's really. I mean, I don't really feel necessarily proud as a wrestling fan when I hear those sorts of some of those things, but. It's it's mental in so many regards how how sharply it's changed, and I'm not just talking about the type of the product anymore. But if you think about '97, like the company was coming out of a very difficult financial time where they nearly went bust in the in the late '90s, yeah. and now look how much money they're rolling in. It's crazy, yeah. isn't it? It's crazy, and that's why I love when people say, "Oh, the ratings are bad. WWE are going down." <laughs> like they're earning more money than they ever have done. The ratings are like a microscopic part of judging that company's success i do sometimes think they just go who cares about the ratings you know what i mm-hmm. mean like i don't i don't want to be like that kind of smarky wrestling fan that's like oh the, the product is bad they clearly just don't care anymore because obviously they do there's people's jobs on the line here do you know what i mean like it's yeah, obviously yeah. someone is trying to put on the best show possible i'm not doubting that at all but i do think sometimes they're like yeah let's begin just do this rematch again who cares like it's not going to change it. Like we can, we can make the story develop a little bit more, and that's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, as we approach a, a, a springtime hell in a cell, which is going to be strange, weird. Uh, why? Why? I, I don't mind the change of day. I just still object to hell in a cell as a pay per view in general. Well, yeah, I agree. Um, we literally just had three matches, like whatever, seven, eight months ago, whenever it was. Yeah. Which is crazy. I think that was that long ago. Um, but I guess they were they're waiting for Money in the Bank to have a crowd or whatever. But they could have done extreme rules at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, it depends what's going to happen, right? And maybe by the time people listen to this, the match is already booked. But if it's because we're going to have Roman Reigns versus Jimmy Uso in a Hell in a Cell match, I'm absolutely for that because it, it, like the story is coming full circle and stuff, right? Long term storytelling, that'll be great, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But I don't know if they're going to go that way, you know. Um, it's got to be though. That's kind of where they're going. But I just hope it just makes so much sense. <laughs> I hope I it's not so. Lashley and Drew and Hell in a Cell because there's no there's no real reason for it. You know what I mean? What, but what do you think about the possibility? And I suppose by the time this goes out, it may be kind of already established. But the possibility of a triple threat with Roman G and Jimmy wouldn't that be crazy though? Wouldn't that be crazy? But I just don't think Jimmy and G would would fight story wise. I don't think because they don't hate each other, do they? But then yeah, Roman makes. Yeah, and Roman might kind of make him do it, and they could turn, and they both mm-hmm. could turn face. So I, I, there's lots of possibilities, but that story has been drawn out since fucking October, and it is still amazing. Yeah, and you know what? The the Hell in a Cell with Jay last year was probably one of my top matches of 2020. Yeah, me too. Story is is all about, uh, or wrestling is all about the story, I should say. Mm-hmm. And although I did prefer Sasha and Bailey's match. Um, for, but they were totally different though and so was the Drew and Orton match all of them were like yeah. well, that's what I loved about it right I don't like the idea of three Hell in a Cell matches in the one show never mind the one year um, but all three of them were really different and that's a credit to the performers and stuff 
which was really good. And speaking of accredited performers, we had a, a list of big names being released this week from WWE. Of course. Um, including the names such as Murphy, Lana, Alistair Black, these people who were on TV just recently, ready to do big things. But of course, the most surprising one was Big Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. And I was speaking to my mate Fraser about this, and it's funny how like people like Alistair Black and stuff, they were like on the independence, they did NXT, then they did WWE, and like it's like a sort of development over time. Yeah. Whereas Braun Strowman is like a WWE project, a homegrown star that they did a great yeah. job with and getting over and stuff and making him into this megastar. And obviously he was signed to this massive contract, a million a year is what I read, but obviously I don't know the details. Um mm-hmm. And like, oh, it's budget cuts, we can't afford to pay Braun Strowman's contract. But do you not think if you're like a pet project of the company, that's the sort of person you would spend that money on? You know what yeah, I mean? To protect your investment? I don't know. And I, I don't think he's done in WWE by a long yeah, shot. I, like, I thought that too. I thought that too. No matter, no matter what he does, he will end up back there. He's not going to be the kind of guy that, that goes to EW and then bashes WWE. He may go to EW. He may go to Impact. He might take some time off wrestling. Right. But I think he, he'll be back in WWE. He may come back on less money, um, but he'll be back. He might be back relatively soon, you know? If this is purely budgetary, or like, which I don't really get, or if they're thinking of doing a partial sale, um, right, I can yeah. see him showing up. I could see him back at the Rumble, honestly. Really, that soon? Give him some time to breathe. Yeah, honestly, like look at look look, look at how long Bray Wyatt was off for before the Fiend debuted. Yeah, absolutely. I just everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Like that's a massive star for AEW. I just mm-hmm. pictured him in the cut. Like it's not because like oh AEW is full of these great technical wrestlers or whatever. That's not what I'm thinking. It's just it's just not the sort of his matches just aren't the sort of matches that happen in AEW. It's all mm-hmm. about AEW is a lot of high spots and quick pace matches and stuff. Where Braun's like a car crash, you know. Yeah, like those, yeah. those Lesnar matches and whatever and Roman matches, it just it just wouldn't suit. But it might do. It might add a, a layer to AEW, you mm-hmm. know, and really challenge people like Omega and Moxley and stuff. I know Moxley can do it, but you know what I mean. Like I just think that's going to be a really interesting signing if he does go there. But as you say, I don't think he's done with WWE um, and yeah. sign a multi-year thing with AEW. I don't know. Um, what what yeah. I would say is I would refer back to comments I made last week about about AEW and that I they are they are doing well to expand the variety of their product and they shouldn't shy away from taking someone in like Braun Strowman because when you bring someone in like Braun Strowman into AEW you've got one of two choices you can play up to the fights and have him be the WWE guy and have him have that style in AEW or you can try and make him into something else neither is a bad decision and I and going with option one and maintaining the sort of WWE style bring that in you want recognized people on an eyes right. on your product that's what AEW wants because it is a successful company but it's very young and it's early days and they they, they still don't have the kind of audience that WWE has and and I think overall right now they have done a very good blend of established stars and making their own new ones um, increasingly not an Orange Cassidy fan but you know that's that's another matter but you know Orange Cassidy Britt Baker Darby Allen and and more I'm sure like MGF MGF how could you forget MGF so um, also, Dynamite with fans loving it. Uh, that's why yes. I now have a, a Dynamite subscription on Fight because I was um, subscribing to the ITV Plus Premium 
yeah. so that I could watch it on ITV without ads. But you don't get it the next night, the next day. Whereas in fight, you do. So I am I'm a yeah. fight subscriber once again. Sorry, Impact. That's okay. I'm sure. I'm sure Impact will forgive you. Um, I've not watched Impact in a long time because they've, they're not on UK TV anymore. They're, they're strictly mm. on their app, which is um, which is fine and it's accessible for us. But there's something about it being on TV that, as you say, with like Dynamite, it's just more maybe attractive. But if you kind of go out your way to do it, then you'll be fine, you know. But I, I've I like the fight thing. It's always been it's always worked for me. You get it live as well. You get it as soon as it's done. Um, you get like the American cut of it, so you get the, like the American um adverts, not the adverts, but like um. When they go to commercial, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's really funny on ITV when you watch it and it's just this pre-record of Tony Schiavone going, we'll be right back with Dynamite on ITV. I know. And it's like, it sounds totally different to the live recording. Yeah, totally different. <laughs> it's funny, but like SmackDown was like that a lot back in when we were kids, but we just never thought about it because yeah. we didn't know what to look for, you know? Um, but now when you hear it back, you go, that was so obvious that <laughs> SmackDown was taped. <laughs> like we used to get SmackDown before the, the US. Because it used to be on 10 p.m. on Friday night on Sky Sports, mm-hmm. right? So, obviously, that's 5 o'clock in terms of America. They wouldn't get it till 8, so we got it three hours before. Um, so obviously, that w- social media wasn't the way it is now, um, where things can get leaked and stuff like that. But, like, I just remember, like, mm-hmm. uh, t- to me, SmackDown was always live, and it's just interesting to see how taped it was. <laughs> taped on a Tuesday every week, you know? It's funny to think that. <laughs> Definitely. I, I had no idea about that. But, uh, you know... Uh, American fans just don't necessarily have an appreciation for what we do as UK fans with our late nights. Oh, you know? Man, I know they just don't understand. That's why we celebrate when there's like a pay per view that starts at like twelve rather than one, yeah. or even when oh. daylight savings time would start at eleven. It was the pay per view finished for half one. Literally, the only good thing about the Saudi shows, you know, <laughs> right, right, or or um, I know you don't watch New Japan very often, but like their their shows start at like seven in the morning UK time. So by the time the main oh, event starts, it's like half nine in the morning. It's like oh, brilliant! <laughs> Just woke up time for the main event, mm-hmm. so it's great. Um, but yeah, it's obviously I don't, I don't I feel bad for people like in, in like Australia and stuff like that where it's like the total opposite time of the day. But um, mm-hmm. you get used to it, don't you? you we're we're yeah. totally used to it. It would be weird to having every pay per view on at eight o'clock at night, you know. Like even those those NXT UK shows, I still mm-hmm. feel weird watching it like live at seven PM. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've just had my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I just I've like watching live wrestling shows from the states. I just something which I just associate with coffee and being too tired and grumpy and never really appreciating. Which is why I don't do it anymore because I yeah. just I, I can't. I'm too old and I can't function. Too old. Too old. Well, speaking about watching wrestling live, SummerSlam this year is on a Saturday night. It is in uh, L L. I was going to say L A. It's in L V, Las Vegas, Nevada, home mm. of Valvinus. And um, <laughs> yeah, God, I don't know where we got that gimmick from, but listen, it was the Attitude Era. Um, and it's an Allegiant Stadium, NFL Stadium, first time an NFL Stadium is going to be hosting SummerSlam. And uh, if you're going to believe what you read online, the rumored matches are Roman Reigns versus John Cena. And Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Um, thoughts on those potential matches? Both are great. Lashley Lesnar has been much hyped for many years. Um, hopefully, it doesn't disappoint. Uh, Reigns and Cena. I was always miffed by the fact that they blew that at No Mercy 2017. You know, same pay per view like, as Braun and Lesnar. Like, why? Yeah, two matches that were your WrestleMania matches, and I get that that was the the whole promotion was two WrestleMania main events on on No Mercy. But, you know, 
I don't think Reigns and Cena really showed any great chemistry in the ring. They were good on the mic together, but those like, promos ring, were great, weren't they? Like those those yeah. promos back and forth, they were really good. But the, 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 here's so I've got two issues with it. If that's what's happening, obviously it's a huge draw, right? But issue number one, the first match, I think, quite frankly, sucked. And uh, it wasn't the exciting match that I wanted wanted it to be. And sometimes two great wrestlers just don't mingle well together. Look at AJ and Kevin Owens. Look at um, Brett and Sean. Sometimes two wrestlers who are very, very good just don't always have the right chemistry together. Right. Now, my second problem with it is this, and it's very much an open question, which I would be very happy to be you know proved wrong with is like like narratively where do you go because last time the the narrative was i'm the face of the company no i'm still the face of this company you just don't get it you know so where where do they go now is it cena coming back to say you've turned your back on these fans but then reigns could just turn and say well you're never here um obviously they're they're yeah they're two evolved characters but is there many stakes? You know what you need is Cena to go in there, going, "Yeah, I probably will lose because I lost you before, and I've been out of the ring for a long time." But out of hustle, loyalty, and respect to my fans and to these people, I'm going to fight for them. That's an yeah, interesting story. I think it will be something along the lines of like, "I was booed for years, but I never turned my back on the fans. Mm-hmm. I just, I just came to work because I love this, and you turned your back on the fans because you don't." It'll be something like that, which I'm all for. Listen. Two amazing performers, you know, yeah. and to me, that's that match is big enough for WrestleMania. If you ask me, I think mm-hmm. Lesnar and Lashley should be the SummerSlam main event. That's huge. Reigns know, can wrestle stadium, whoever, you know. Ah, true. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's going to be like a WrestleMania feel, isn't it? So you just know they're going to drag Hogan out for something as well. Like Hogan will be the host. Yeah, come out dressed as a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> no one needs to ever see that again. I'm reading Treasure Island right now by Robert Louis Stevenson, and when they're describing Blackbeard and not Long John Silver. I can't stop thinking of Hogan. Long John Silver comes out and says, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Um, Did you ever have um, Matey Shampoo as a wee boy? Like, uh, like uh, the wee sh- yeah, I think so, shampoo. yeah. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> it's at the end of that point. <laughs> That's all it was. <laughs> Did you ever have it? Yes, I did. I did. That was fun. All right. Well, you want to tell us what you're thankful for this week, or are you good? I could do that, yeah. Yeah, we'll do that, then we'll do a random wrestler and call it a day, brother. Okay, okay. We're shooting. We're shooting here, folks. Right, Chris, you cue the jingle, and whilst you're reaching up to the shelf to get the record to, to get it and then put the needle on it, I will open up my list. Oh, no, I've remembered actually what it is now. Yeah, well, the problem okay. is my uh, record player is broken, but luckily I have them all on CD form. So, play. What I'm thankful for in wrestling this week. Ooh, yeah. The great thing about CDs is that you don't have to rewind them. <laughs> something there was you. something really nice about having like a like a videotape in a VCR and having to rewind it all the way back to the start. Like I like that. Be kind, rewind. Now, Chris, this week I am thankful for, and it's kind of a very specific thing. I would have said, I was going to say specific, okay. It sounds as if I'm going to say that I'm thankful for the WrestleMania 23 disc set uh, that came out in 2004, 2005. Oh, I think I know where you're going to go with this. And I'm not even going to go with the Mania of WrestleMania documentary. Chris, okay, that, that's, is, that's is, what I thought you were going to go with. Okay, which is a belter, that's another conversation for another time. I'm talking about 
the WrestleMania quiz DVD quiz that came with it. Oh God, that's right. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yes. Now, here's the thing: there was this quiz, and DVD games were kind of a thing at this. Yeah, time. that's right. Mid two thousands, absolutely. Noel Edmonds DVD Dealer No Deal board game. You could get the seen it games or like friends seen it trivia games with a DVD in it for you to for you to you know play. <laughs> <laughs> um and. I recognized, so basically what happened is you do this quiz and it's like multiple choice. And if you got one right, you get a wee 10, two second clip from a wrestler sitting down. Uh, and if it was like, you got something right, you would get like Spike Dudley going, you're awesome. Uh, Spike Dudley, you, the boss Spike Dudley. The boss Spike Dudley. WWE. If you got something wrong, you'd maybe get Stephen Richards going, boo you, you'll see. <laughs> now, I don't know what happened with my DVD player, right? So two things I noticed. First of all, they must have recorded all of these when they were doing interviews for the Rise and Fall VCW DVD because it was mainly people that were interviewed for that and they were in the exact same clothes and it was the same year that they did that DVD, right? Right. Um, But... For some reason, I stopped getting the variety of talking heads congratulating me or, or de, de, you know, tearing me apart whenever I got something right or wrong. And eventually, after a few times playing it, I think this happened at Roberts, maybe it was on my own, it, something froze in the DVD. And whether I got something right or wrong, I would always just get Spike Dudley going, you're awesome. Now, you, did you hear that noise there? You're awesome. Because Spike Dudley would put his hands down and he would, he would, he would slam them down in his thighs as if he was fed up. So... Like it would say, what year was the first WrestleMania? And if you put 1992, Spike Dudley sure enough would show up and go, You're awesome. <laughs> You're awesome. So I love, I love the fact that you remember the slap. Like, that's yeah. so funny. JR would be proud of this leg slap, I'm telling you. <laughs> no, he would not. <laughs> so it's such a weird thing, but I literally sat down for like a solid hour once, giggling my arse off. Because Spike Dudley was was telling me that I was awesome with everything <laughs> that I did. So when I when I made this list of things that I wanted to you know contribute to what I'm thankful for in wrestling this week, I was thinking of like weird stuff, obscure stuff, and I'm thinking, God, I remember the WrestleMania 20 DVD trivia DVD game, and it was like you got Victoria, I think, and some of them. Jericho was on one or two of them, uh, but. Everyone's favorite was Spike Dudley. Here it comes one more time. You're awesome. Nice, nice. So how did you do in the actual quiz? Did you ever get the full marks? I don't think so, because my wrestling knowledge wasn't as good then. But oh. um Yeah. I don't like I just I think if I didn't, I wish there was a way of doing it now. Do you know what? I'm gonna have to find. I'm gonna have to find the Spike Dudley clip now. I wonder if I can get it. It's on YouTube. I don't know. I'm going to find out. WrestleMania. No, I've, I've, I've tried to recycle Manus. Damn oh. Right, you, you speak whilst I do this. You, you speak. All right. I remember having the WWE annuals that you used to get at like, the start of the year. They still make them. Like Every so often for Christmas, my mum and dad will buy me them as a joke. Um, I used to get them all the time and there was like quizzes in that. It'd be like, talk, mm-hmm. talk about like the WrestleMania matches from that year and there was quizzes in them. How well do you know these legends or whatever? Mm-hmm. And I remember like taking like a felt tip pen or whatever and like circling the answers when I was younger because I was like I wanted to prove to everybody that I knew everything, mm-hmm. um, whether it was right or wrong. 
So I would spend a lot of time doing those quizzes and stuff, and I think that's why like, I do have lots of obscure wrestling knowledge and stuff, but I remember the answers to some of those questions. So I think that's how I ended up knowing lots of things about wrestling just based on those wee quizzes. So, and I, even, I still like doing quizzes for things like Star Wars mm-hmm. quizzes or Marvel quizzes or whatever. I like testing my knowledge. You're awesome. No, I can't Thanks. find it. It's not there. Well, I've got the recipe in a 20 DVD. I could maybe try and find it and then like record the audio, but I'd need to try and get the question right and I'd need to, hopefully that it's the Spike Dudley thing that comes up. You're awesome. I need to go and look at that now to see what you mean. I'm sure You're it's not awesome. as good. I'm sure it's not as good as... You're making it out to sound. You're awesome. <laughs> so you just keep doing it just so you can hear Spike Dudley saying that. You're awesome. <laughs> oh, the Miz would be proud. Oh, the Miz would be proud, yeah. The Miz would be proud. All right, so you're thankful for the WrestleMania trivia quiz DVD. And specifically, Spike Dudley's leg slap. Spike Dudley. <laughs> Spike Dudley. It's a shame that he never got a new song. Like, even up until, like, 2005 or whenever he left the company, he was still using the do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Do you remember in 2002, though, where his, his, his Titan Tron was, like, a cartoon? Like, a wee, a yeah. wee black and white drawing? That Absolutely. was funny. That was fun. Do you remember the Spike Dudley action figure? Mm-mm. It was quite rare. Um, and, I, and I had it because it came in, like, a different kind of packaging, the same packaging as Taz and the commentary suit. Mm. Um, and I got them both out of Scotsman's Models, the wrestling shop. And yeah. I felt big because... I had the Spike Dudley one and no one else did. I've never even seen a Spike Dudley figure. Although I did see one once on the um, Matt Cardona, Brian Myers show where um, Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona bought like a set with a, which had like a foam hardcore belt and a Spike Dudley figure. That's right. That's right. Yeah. For like $300 or something. I know. Crazy, man. Do you know, can I talk about something? It's, this is of kind of, oh, but maybe it's for a future fan. I'm just going to talk about it anyway, Chris, you don't mind. No, I love watching videos by uh, Paul Martin, the guy that does all the belts. Okay. Uh, if you don't know him, he's a Scottish guy. Um, um, and uh, I believe he's either a Celtic or a Hibs fan. I don't know my football, but I know those colours. Okay. Um, and he, he's got loads of uh, wrestling belts and he re-leathers belts. So, you know, like the world belt that I've got and the, the raw tag title that you uh, were, were, were admiring when you were up at the Glendon a few weeks ago. Yes. You know, that is a TV accurate replica. But the, the thing that isn't accurate to TV is the strap because the strap for the replicas is simulated leather, which is much better for displaying it because it's quite inflexible and so you can sit it up nicely. But of course, it's real leather on the TV ones and that's why those belts are more floppy and they, they fling about the place. Okay. Um, and so um, uh, what he does for fans who want the, the more authentic style is that he takes their belts and he re-leathers them and, and so they've cool. got the flexibility of a TV belt. And I just... Um, I wondered about, I'd never seen like a, a replica of the hardcore title. I know that you could get them and there's been a few versions of them over the years. Mm-hmm. Like what a weird belt to get a replica of or to make a replica of. <laughs> That's just bits um, of it like hanging off. <laughs> yeah. And so like he does, he's like customized them and made them more accurate. And um, it's, uh, and that, that belt changed appearance very subtly over the years because it just got bogging, you know, near the yeah. end. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, I love his videos. I might talk more about him in a future segment. I'm unfamiliar. But, um, that might be quite good. Do that thankful next week and then tell okay. me more about him. Paul Martin Belts, you, you've heard it here first, folks. We'll talk more about him next week. We'll give him a big shout out because we love Paul Martin Belts. Well, I do. Chris will be converted, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it will be. All right, okay. Um, let's do random wrestler recollection then, everybody. It's time for a cage match. Nice. Or someone walking to the ring for a main event match. All right, here we go. 
That Spike Dudley figure is jacked. Wait, oh. Just in clarification, oh, yeah. the Spike Dudley figure. That was the one I had. There's quite a few. Um, there's also a classic superstars of them in the ECW get up, like the tie dye and stuff. Do you know? Do you know what's unhelpful about this, Chris? Is that if you look at that picture on the side of the box, is Hulk Hogan, and you'd be forgiven for thinking that was a Hulk Hogan figure. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Hang on, get up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's funny. I never noticed that. You have ninety-four percent in your phone, and I'm only on fifty. Ah well, I charge my phone. It always confuses me, like if people's phone get to so little percentage. Yeah. I freak out. Right, anyway, this cage has been dropping for about a minute now. All right. Uh, oh, it's a classic. Today we're talking about Crash Holly, hardcore champion. Good old Elroy Jetson himself. Elroy. I never got that when I was younger, but now I kind of get it more. I watched the I watched the uh, the, um, the Jetsons. As a little kid, bit so before I... my time. A little bit before my time. Well, Crash for me is... For me, he's the perfect example of the depth of the roster in that those kind of glory years. I'm talking like 2000 onwards. Obviously, he was around a little bit before then, but you know he. So there's two things I want to say about Crash. Like everyone will think of the hardcore title and him being the best hardcore champion ever, and so many great comedic moments. And when hey, I talk cousin, about, we're gonna go out and we're gonna win the tag titles tonight, cuz. And when I talk about um. The uh, now I've lost my train of thought because of that, Chris. I told you, listener, at the beginning that Chris interrupts me too much. I'm joking. Sorry. Um, uh, the depth of the roster. The depth of the roster. No, I had a great point, and you, you <sighs> see what you've done. You've 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 ruined. You've, you've, this is. What I was just trying list. to do. I was just trying to do a Crash Holly impression to entertain the listeners. That's all. Not a very good one, right enough. So. The, Death of the um, roster, Crash Holly being the greatest hardcore champion ever. Yeah. Um, um, he was a bit before 1999. Comedy. And uh, so I'm just going to wing this. It might not be the point I was going to make, but people will remember that very fondly that era and th- th- those moments, those skits in the, in the, in the crash and in the supermarket and all over the arena. And, and it was really fun. And the point I now remember that I was going to make is that this speaks to what I was saying about what AEW is now hopefully accomplishing and will continue to accomplish is that you need the variety show. Um, arguably, the one thing missing from WWF at that time on the whole was good wrestling. And it was mm-hmm. only when we, you brought in Kurt Angle and the Radicals that we started to see that more in the main roster. But, you know, the Attitude Era was not known for its good wrestling. Um, it was known for its characters and its stories. Um, on the whole, that is. Uh, so then so obviously Crash is so fondly remembered for that but I also want to highlight a point that I made a few weeks ago when I had my match of the week from Rebellion 2002 of Crash versus Funaki we remember him as a hardcore wrestler but he was a bloody good in-ring technician he was really good and if you watch some of his stuff from Smackdown in late 2002 and early 2003 um, you know when he was just kind of floating around the roster and then when he was with Matt Hardy and Shannon Moore He's really good because they were less hardcore at that point. He stopped with the bleach hair, and he was he was really good in the ring. And sadly, of course, they let him go, and he passed away that same year. Right. But um, I uh, I think of Crash, and I think, do you know what? Maybe he would never have been a main event guy. Uh, but if he was still alive today, there's an easy Royal Rumble return pop just for the fun of it for Absolutely. one night only. Do you know what I mean? Or a or a twenty four seven champion. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you got to do that. You got to do a twenty four seven thing with him. If absolutely. He was still alive. A lot of time for Crash. Um, 
Yeah, so funny. I just always remember the Rock's promo at Royal Rumble 2000, where he goes, Tonight, The Rock will eliminate 29 other men, but he is prepared for Crash Holly. And he gives him a shout-out because he thinks that Crash Holly is going to be a tough opponent. Because <laughs> he's actually slagging him, but realistically, Crash got a shout-out in the promo, just saying, I now remember Crash Holly's name because The Rock said it at Royal Rumble 2000. Um, and at 2001, I'm pretty sure he mentions him because he's like... It could come down to The Rock and Crash Holly. It could come down to The Rock and Perry Saturn. And then when he, the next part one, he says is Steve Austin to get a pop in the crowd. But he says Austin as if it really, as if it really turns him on. He goes, and it could even come down to The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> What's with the Austin? It's like gold dust. <laughs> Steve Austin, Austin. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you put it perfectly there. Crash the depth of the roster. You had people like Crash to look forward to on the show. You know, it wasn't yeah. just Rock and Austin and Undertaker and stuff. It was like, oh, great, nah. Crash is next or whatever. You know, so a lot of time for Crash. And it's it's a shame that like it's not a shame that they they'd kind of let go of the hardcore title and stuff as we got to the end of two thousand two and stuff. But he was still there. And he's still having good matches. And um, I kind of wish he stuck around a little bit longer before they let him go. Because um, I was, yeah. I don't know if if that went towards his health problems and stuff, but um, if he was still around in like the mid-2000s for the Cruiserweight division with yeah. like Jamie Noble and Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio and stuff, I'm sure he would have probably won that Cruiserweight title again just like Spike Dudley did in 2004, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's nice. I'm As I say, I'm watching 2000. It's always a highlight of the show when he's when he's out there, but he's always wrestling people like Viscera and stuff. Like, <laughs> why? <laughs> can he not have a, a match against someone smaller? I can just imagine he was the kind of guy that would just crack Vince up. Vince would be sitting backstage laughing yeah. his arse off at Crash and what he did. And it's just the way he would march to the ring. I love that. Yeah. He still does it, like, even in 02 and 03 when yeah. you watch along him on. Yeah. It's really funny. Weighing allegedly well over 400 pounds. He had, like, the scales because he's a super heavyweight. I never understood that, but now it's kind of like, because he's just trying to pretend he's bigger or whatever, just because that's clearly a Vince thing. He's so tiny. <laughs> like, it just works for him. He's just got that personality. So a lot of time for crashing. It's always nice to see him in playbacks. And also WrestleMania 16, should I make clear as well, WrestleMania 2000 is, is like, one of his greatest moments in that hardcore battle royal. Um, mm-hmm. It just shines so much in that match, you know? So... um. That's kind of as the 24-7 thing just kind of started. Yep. And uh, how, what does what GR say at WrestleMania 17? When there was 16 title changes in 15 minutes. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we miss Crash. And hope he was still around. I wish he was still around, I should say. Rest in peace, Mr. Mike Lockwood. You're very name? fondly remembered by many, many fans. They also did like a memorial thing for him at ECW One Night Stand, remember? Yeah, he was mentioned in that, which is nice because... He didn't really, you know, I maybe might be wrong, but I don't recall there. Yeah, I don't recall I there being any kind of memorial for him. There was in in the WWE or the SmackDown magazine that month. They they did a thing for him um, in the magazine, but there was, and that's how I learned that he died because he died in 03, You know, long before I had access to the internet, um, and I read about his death in a magazine, and I just remember feeling really sad for him. You know, mm-hmm. and his family, and I think it was, I believe it was Stephen Richards that was with him when he passed um really and and yeah had to make the phone call just really sad and it's a shame that there's so many wrestlers who have gone far too soon did he ever wrestle in ecw or was it just because he's like a hardcore i think it was just a hardcore association but i may be wrong he may have done it you know before his time you know in wwf but yeah um, i'll I'll look into that actually but i don't don't think he did because he was he was credited as crash holly 
uh, in that in that thing. And I remember that that was quite up to date because Chris Candido had only just died. Right, that's right. Because he was on the um, TNA pay per view, wasn't he? Like the month before or whatever. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chris Candido was a legend. Great wrestler. I love yeah. some of his matches. And the, there's some Smoky Mountain matches with him and Nick Foley on the Greatest Hits and Mrs. DVD, which is how I kind of got into Chris Candido at the, in the first place. And yeah. Um, Underrated the, character too. He always looked as if he was like he was a good character and good promo guy and really yeah, entertaining. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, sorry to end on a somber note, but um, we, you're we, awesome. We, you're awesome. Yes. Yeah, Spike Dudley says you're awesome. Then you are awesome for listening to this episode, everybody. Remember to follow us on social media. Support the show on there, Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is at WrestleConnect One, and Instagram is at WrestleConnection. And you can also get us on YouTube for some video content, and as the summer progresses, we will do some more videos together for the YouTube channel. So until next time, folks, have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday, or you'll hear us next Sunday. Stay safe out there, everybody. Glenn, take us home. You're awesome. Do it again, but with the leg slap being louder. You're awesome. No, let's do it one more time. You're awesome. <laughs>